Hello, this is Dr. Mike Barnett with the First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. Thank you so very much for tuning in to our podcast, and I pray that today's message will be a blessing and an encouragement to you. We are engaging our people at First Baptist Church in an emphasis called Who's Your Mission? It is a challenge to personal soul winning and personal evangelism for the year 2023. We've asked our people to ask God for at least one soul to be burdened for that they might go after that soul and win them to the Lord Jesus Christ. That is the theme of these current messages. And I pray that they will encourage you to be a soul winner and go after one soul that needs to be saved now and to know Jesus now. I pray these messages will help you. And again, thank you for tuning in. And everybody said, thank you, choir and Jay and musicians. Uh, That was uh, the music of Christmas always draws us to worship. It always speaks to us about worship. Today is a special Sunday because not only do we uh, take pause and uh, do something a little bit different in our worship uh, music time and singing time to celebrate Christmas, but we also introduce our mission efforts what, what our goals are for the next year in terms of uh, our Great Commission, fulfilling our Great Commission. And to do that this year, uh, we have began a series of messages entitled A Christmas Carol. And you might recall two weeks ago we looked at A Christmas Carol, Ecclesiology, the Doctrine of the Church, from 1 Peter chapter 3, I'm sorry, 1 Timothy chapter 3, verse 14 through 16. Last week we considered a Christmas carol, Christology, and we looked at the incarnation and manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit and seen of angels. And we will finish this series of messages up next week, but today we look at the phrase in 1 Timothy 3:16. So I invite you to turn with me there in your Bibles. And we talk about a Christmas carol. Remember, this is a song of the early church that either Paul wrote or he included in this letter to to Timothy. And he says, And without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the nations or the Gentiles believed on in the world, received up into glory. You don't want to miss next week when we get received up into glory. Uh, Right now we're celebrating how he was rejected in humanity. But next week we're going to extend the Christmas message like that pastor's mug uh, said, and we're going to get on to him received up into glory. But today... The missiology, the doctrine of missions in this phrase, he was preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world. This one verse, 1 Timothy 3.16, you can say is a summation of the gospel. 
and the gospel ministry and the gospel of Christ. This message today, this phrase today or this text tells us what God has done. It implies what God is going to do, but it also tells us what we need to be about and his method of declaring the message of the gospel of Christ. It tells us God's method of winning the lost, of bringing men and women and boys and girls to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, which is the mission of the church. And not only does this text teach us that, it invites you as a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ individually. And it invites us as a church to be on mission, to share Christ, to take the gospel and be a part of the salvation of the lost. And so what I want to do in this message today, in our brief time we have together today, is highlight for you what this looks like at First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs, Mississippi. The reason I'm doing this for First Baptist Church, Ocean Springs, Mississippi is because you are not First Baptist Church of Wiggins. <laughs> now, I say that not to be humorous, but to tell you every church has its ministry. All churches have the same mission. We have different things that we do, different approaches that we take, different communities, different leadership. And God gives the leadership these these visions, if you will, I don't mean the heebie-jeebie type vision. I'm talking about direction. And he leads the people that way. And this is the way that I'm leading First Baptist Church for the year 2023. We've talked a lot about it, but there's some more to it. And so what I want to do today is I want, first of all, to talk to you about your and mine, our financial obligation in terms of of our missiology, the doctrine of our missions. And I take you to a wonderful text of Scripture that Paul writes to the Philippian church and to us. And this is what he says. You can follow along on the screen. For even in Thessalonica, you sent a gift more than once for my needs. Not that I seek the gift itself, but I seek for the profit which increases to your account. But I have received in full and have an abundance. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus what you have sent, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus." Now to our God and Father be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Philippians 4, 16 through 20. I do not have time today to expound every phrase in that, but I want to give you just six things real quickly about that verse and what it says happens when you meet and I meet our financial obligation to the Lord's work. First of all, the needs of the work and the workers are met. The needs of the workers and the workers met. Paul said, you've met my needs. Second of all, the results of the work are put to your account. The results of the work are put to your account. You give to missions and a missionary goes out, 
you give to who's your mission here at home and somebody goes out and a soul is saved, you receive reward for that. Paul said, this is on your account. Third, God is well pleased. God is well pleased. Fourth, God supplies all your needs just as he supplied the needs of the work and the workers through you. He supplies your needs. Also, you will see God's provision in your life. You ever heard the phrase, you can't outgive God? Four, or number six, God is glorified when we meet our financial obligations. I sure do wish I had time to preach more on this, but I don't. I got to move on. Isn't that glorious though? So how can you and I meet our financial obligations through the First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs? Now, if you're a guest here, I want to share something with you. And, and maybe if you're a member here, you might need to hear this too. I am not ashamed and I am not timid to ever talk about money because God called me to preach the old black book right there on that pulpit, and it talks about money. And amen. That's a Greek uh, gesture for amen or old me. I don't mind preaching about money when the Word of God speaks to it. Amen? And you shouldn't mind hearing it. So I'm not timid about this at all. The Bible speaks of your giving, and we are assigned to declare the truth of God's Word. So how can you fulfill your financial obligation for missiology through First Baptist Church? Well, let me just share a few things with you. First of all, with your tithe, with your tithe. You say a tithe, 10% of your income given to the storehouse, the local church. Did you know a portion of your tithe and mine, I, I tithe, a portion of your tithe and mine goes to our partnerships in our Southern Baptist Convention in our Mississippi Baptist Convention, in our Jackson County Baptist Association. We give money every month to what is called in Southern Baptist life the cooperative program. Now look, we're a Baptist church. Baptist is our denomination. And by the way, in case you heard a rumor that I don't think's out there, I'm not about to take the name Baptist off our sign. I mean, I'm a Baptist, amen. When I go to the grocery store and if I saw a blank can and somebody said, there's green beans in that can, I'm going to say, then how come it's not labeled? Amen. I may buy that can, come home, there's beets in it. Praise God. That's good preaching whether you like it or not. But we give to the cooperative program and that sends missionaries, about 3,500 missionaries all over the world. And it supports home missions, North American Mission Board. It supports our uh, six seminaries to train ministers to the gospel. And it has different entities that it supports for the purpose of fulfilling the Great Commission. And we do an awful lot more with other like-minded churches than we could by ourselves. So I'm a Southern Baptist, and I believe in the cooperative program, and I believe we ought to give as much as we can, and that's always up to the church, and it always is. We've increased our giving last year by vote of the church by 10% to the cooperative program. And I was thankful to be able to do that. 
I don't think we do near enough, but I think we do what we can. The Mississippi Baptist Convention. I'm, I serve on the Mississippi Baptist Executive uh, Board and had a meeting last week, and uh, I'm on the budget committee. Did you know that? I'm on the budget committee. Brother Larry, where are you, Brother Larry Garman? Our budget for the Mississippi Baptist Convention is $33 million. Can you imagine me having a say with $33 million? I make a motion we buy everybody deer rifles and turn them loose. Amen. <laughs> no, but I will tell you the bulk of our money goes to the lostness in the state of Mississippi. Where 62% of the citizens of the state of Mississippi disagree with the idea or the truth that Jesus is the only way to heaven. That's where we are. And so in the Jackson County Baptist Association, Philip Price uh, was going to be here with us today. And at this point in the sermon, I was going to invite him to come up and share with you a little bit about Jackson County, what we do in Jackson County together in our Baptist Association with other churches. Uh, but uh, uh, Philip had to call me yesterday and said, man, uh, somebody needs me to preach for them. There's a sickness or something. And, and uh I can be at your church. I said, Philip, I don't want you to rush and back and all that. We'll get you another time. So we're just going to sit here in silence for about three minutes. That's what I gave Philip. <laughs> no, but we do some wonderful things. The partnerships I'm going to talk to you in a minute uh, come down to us from Jackson Baptist Association come over to us. There's no down in Southern Baptist life. We're partners and uh, they don't run us. We run them as the local church. But that's, that's for denominational polity. But I want to tell you uh, that uh, great things happen. And I love Philip Price, our director of missions. He's one of the best ones I've ever worked with. I've had some humdingers. But I want to tell you, Philip Price keeps us on mission. And uh, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Another thing, when you, after you tithe, over and beyond your tithe, we're asking the church this year, church members, to pray and consider that to give to our challenge budget over and beyond your tithe. And you can see in your bulletin a little uh, thermometer with the, with the uh, amount for the challenge budgets, which, folks, things got expensive. Insurance is, is pretty tough. Uh, electric, electricity is pretty tough. And um, things got expensive. And, and our budget committee in their wisdom said, look, instead of budgeting, extra for that. Let's just ask for a challenge budget of $20,000 over and beyond your tithes and offerings uh, to give to the challenge budget. Mark your checks challenge budget so we know it's coming in. And that's just going to help us with these extra costs that we have these days and, and all. But I don't want to talk to you about challenge budgets. You know all about it. I don't want to talk to you about it, but I just did. Um, we have the building fund, you know, we're, we're just a few years away from paying off our building fund. That has been an albatross around my neck. I've spent many hours praying about that and worried about it. You say, well, preacher, why do you worry about it? Well, good grief, folks, I'm the pastor. And so I, I've, I've been praying about it. We're, oh, we're so close, amen. We're so close, and that's going to change a lot of uh, financial factors for us when that thing's paid off. And I want to tell you what, the day we pay that off, you need to be in the building because I'm going to look like a Pentecostal and do a holy dance. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I just blew the whole meeting. You got that in your mind right now. It's over. We might as well go to the house. Nope, we got some more to say. Um, 
But there's also special every now and then offerings that come. You know, this year we got to preach every week to 100 high school boys who play high school football, St. Martin High School. People gave. They gave food to feed them every Friday. It's just the, it's the gospel message that people give to. And so there's special offerings for that, and we were able to do that and, and hopefully do it next year. I'll preach the gospel to anybody. Look, how many Mississippi State fans we got? I got news for you, folks. If Ole Miss wants me to preach the gospel, I'm going to do it. How many Ole Miss fans we got in here? If Mississippi State calls me to preach the gospel, I'm going to do it. Amen. And you can give to it. But you probably won't, but you can. But above all, the way we participate in our missiology here at First Baptist Ocean Springs is we have our global uh, Great Commission, Global Commission Outreach Fund, our Great Commission Outreach Fund. And it is a fund, you, you see it if you get an envelope packet in the mail. Uh, some of you do, some of you don't. You can request that. You see it. You can give to it online. Many people, uh, I, I don't see who gives what, but every now and then the financial secretary say, hey, we got a large gift for uh, a global mission fund. And, and I want to tell you what, I, I told her and I tell my staff, if we know of somebody who's given a dime and we go out and tell somebody that they gave a dime, automatically fired. All right, just wanted you to know that. I don't know who gives what. I don't want to know who gives what because I don't want to be tempted to treat you any different. Amen. But that global mission fund, it, 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 on percentage basis, it's divided up every month. Some of the funds goes to our Lottie Moon offering, which is emphasized during Christmas time. That Lottie Moon goes to the Southern Baptist Convention um, International Mission Board. It goes directly to the mission field, pays no salaries or anything like that. It buys equipment and, and needs for the missionaries on the field, wherever they may be around the world. And uh, Lottie Moon, it's the Lottie Moon offering. And every month we give to the Lottie Moon offering through our global Great Commission Fund. Another percentage goes to Margaret Lackey, which is missions here in the state of Mississippi. And we have a great lostness here in the state of Mississippi. Some of that money even goes to our, our Seaman Center over here where the ships come in to port. And Vince Smith, who's a member of our church, he's off preaching, always off preaching and interim pastorate. But, but um, some of that money goes to support that ministry and wins people to Christ all over the world who come to us in Pascagoula Port. Annie Armstrong, some of it goes to the Annie Armstrong. These ladies were missionaries. Lottie Moon was a, was a foreign missionary to China. Margaret Lackey was a mission leader and missionary here in Mississippi. Annie Armstrong was North America. And a portion of it goes to that, to help start churches and send out church planners that we partner with. And then another portion of it goes to the Ruth Carlisle Mission Mobilization Fund. Ruth Carlisle was a member of our church, the Carlisle family in our church. Ruth Carlisle at one time was the oldest living Southern Baptist missionary in the world and was a member of our church. Uh, she was over 100 when she died, went on to heaven. But we named that mission offering after her, and that gets our people, First Baptist members, to go on the road, in the air, to where they need to be, and it helps our mission partnerships that we're going to talk about in just a moment. So that's how we fulfill our financial obligation. That's what we have set up. 
If you have any questions about that, you can come right after church and Jay will answer them. I'm going to lunch. <laughs> now, you can talk to me anytime about that. I'm excited about that. But now let me talk to you about your further obligation. Your further obligation. The Bible says to all of us Christian people, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the age. Amen. Matthew 28, the Great Commission. And that means we have further obligations besides the pocketbook. We have further obligations besides the pocketbook. Some people might not be able to give, but you know what? They can go. And I never want anybody to go, anybody to want to go but can't go because they can't give. That's why we have these mission offerings. That's why we have Ruth Carlisle. And we keep that discreet, I promise you. So if you ever want to go on one of our partnerships and you can't afford what we're asking you to give to go, you come talk to me and just tell me. And you don't have to tell me why. I'm going to take your word for it. And if you're a member of First Baptist Church, Ocean Springs in good standing, we'll get you in the air, get you on the road, get you going. But how do we fulfill our further obligations? Well, one of them we already mentioned. We've, we partner with the Southern Baptist Convention and the Mississippi Baptist Convention and the, and, and the cooperative program and seize opportunities they may have for us with the Jackson County Baptist Association, as we talked about. But also, we, we, we do something that, that many churches do. We partner with missionaries all over the world. And what we do here at First Baptist is we plan on three-year partnerships. And that does not mean that we won't extend the three years, but it means that we have three years because, folks, I want to tell you now, I want you to hear me. Are you listening to me? I'm about to say something, and I don't want you to misconstrue it. But it's one thing to do a mission trip, and they're helpful, and they're good, and they're wonderful. But I'd rather see us do mission partnerships where we give a man and a, his wife or a missionary on the field three years of commitment, giving and going, and helping them. And we've already done a few of these three-year partnerships. Our first, believe it or not, was in the nation of Brazil. Remember when we were going to Brazil? Do you know there's five churches that were started by the partnership of First Baptist Church Ocean Springs in the interior of Brazil? I called the International Mission Board, and they said, well, you, Brazil's a good place to go. And I said, well, all right. And they started talking about the Amazon. They started talking about uh, San Paulo. And I said, look, I want to go where nobody else goes because everybody goes the Amazon. Well, I was tempted to say, I'll bring my Bible and my fishing pole. <laughs> I won't catch me one of them piranhas, amen? But I wanted to, and you know what? We went and hooked up with a missionary over there named Pascal Stoll. And, and uh, y'all remember Pascal? He preached here. And, and, and there's five churches in the interior of Brazil that we started. We linked up with him who got us connected with a local church. And some of you went to Brazil. Some of you went a few times. 
And it's wonderful. Um, then we linked up a three-year partnership with um, Jay Parks in Hawaii. And uh, so we went to Hawaii a couple of times. I think I went uh, twice, and uh, I think uh, Tim, uh, Tim, you went about, what, 18 times? <laughs> he likes them pineapples, you know. And... But we went to Hawaii, and some of you went with us to Hawaii. And we did uh, what the missionary asked us to do. The last time we went, we did scripture distribution, a special Bible. It was the 200th anniversary of Christianity coming to Hawaii. And them Hawaiians, they don't like, like Christianity. They consider us foreigners. They don't like us, the you know, native Hawaiians. But there was a special Bible printed up that the missionary got and had the history of Christianity because... The queen, Kamala Mela or whatever her name is, I can't, I don't mean any disrespect. I don't know if that's how you pronounce her name or not. But uh, she became a Christian and invited more to come and evangelize Hawaii. And people don't know that. And so we knocked on doors. And I want to tell you what, two things happened that, that uh, are amazing to me. First of all, if I could, Brother Larry and Miss Pat, somebody cussed out Larry Gartman. Who in their right mind cusses out Larry Gartman? They're so sweet and gracious and kind. Who would want to cuss them out? i tell you who would. A lost person who's convicted by the Holy Spirit and doesn't want to be saved. But I knocked on the door, had my Bible out, and old boy came to the door, and I said, man, I'm here distributing copies of, of the Word of God to people just that has the history of Christianity. Why? Just praying for people. I want to give you this gift. It's free, and see if I can pray for you. And that old boy looked at me and said, My mama from McGee, Mississippi, must have sent you here. <laughs> Amen. Isn't that some? Thank God for praying mamas. He said, Boy, I've gotten way off track. He said, My mama took me to church. I was saved in a Baptist church down there in McGee, Mississippi. And he said, I'm so far away from God right now. And we prayed and encouraged him in the Lord. And and I wanted to tell him, I wanted to say, get back to McGee. But uh, I didn't. I encouraged him to get with Brother Jay and start going to church and pray that he did. So that partnership's over. What about our new one? What are we going to do? Well, you might know that uh, Miss Tracy and I, uh, the saxophonist over here, we, uh, we, took a, we, we did something that we had never done before in, in, in the ministry. We, we never had done it before. I never felt like I could. Uh, never, not that people were mean about it or anything. I just never felt like I could, I could do it. And, uh, but we took a whole solid two weeks vacation. I saved up money. I mean, I told Tracy, if we're going to go to South Dakota on vacation... I can't buy you a new deer rifle this year. I mean, we just, we just, uh, I mean, we just saved and scrimped and all of that stuff and all that good stuff. And um, we're going to South Dakota. And in the meantime, I'm praying about a mission, mission partnership, where to go next. I go to a mission conference through Jackson County Baptist Association, and I meet a young couple there who are uh, missionaries. Uh, to um, the Pine Ridge Reservation in the Badlands of South Dakota. And I start talking to him, and I said, well, my wife and I are going to the Custer area for two weeks on a vacation, and um, 
And he said, well, you know, he said, it's, a, it's not a bad drive at all. You, you, you land in um, Rapid City, and you can drive one direction to us and then the other direction to Custer. And he said, if you can, come down. So I decided I'd extend my vacation on the front end, and so I missed instead of one Sunday, I missed two. And that first Sunday, we were in the Badlands meeting with um, uh, this wonderful uh, couple, Chad and Sarah Dibel. Their pictures are on the screen. And uh, that's Matt and Amanda Haddon. They work uh, together, two couples there in the Badlands. It's lonely, hard work among the Lakota Indians there, Lakota Native Americans there. It's, it's difficult, difficult work on that reservation. I asked him, I said, well, tell me something. How many souls are you seeing actually saved? And he said, in five years, we've had one person saved. It's that hard. And he expressed to me the, the, the demonology and the, the demon worship and the paganism of that area and the alcoholism and the violence. And so what they've done at that place, they, they have a ranch, they, the Chanku Washti Ranch. It means the good road. Chanku Washti means uh, the good road. And they call it the good road in the Badlands. And we spent a few days with them. And uh, Chad, uh, Chad was not in the ministry, and, but uh, God called him to, to go work at that ranch. And so he bailed out and off he goes with his wife to give their lives to that service. And he got there and he said, uh, I got here and they told me, they said, there's a church down the road called the um, Creator's Fellowship Church, and you're going to be the pastor there. And he said, I've never preached or anything. He said, well, you're going to be the pastor there, and you got till this date, and you're going to be the pastor there. Do I have a picture of the church on there, Gary? Maybe not. That's my bad. I didn't put a picture of the church. But nonetheless, I won't tell you, uh, he pastors that church, and, and we, we got to go eat there, uh, go worship there and eat. And we worshiped there, and they had a big uh, Sunday lunch, and it was a small church. But you know what they do? They do something I might start doing here. They're in there in the middle of their song service. They're singing. And the pastor brings out a blanket, a horse blanket, and he spreads it out down there on the, on the floor. And they all, during the song service, come down there and throw their offering on the blanket. Amen. Boy, isn't that wonderful. How'd you like to wrap up in that thing? But anyway... Uh, they, uh, that's what they do. And he said, I said, well, how can we help you here? How can we help you here? And he said, we're asking for 200 churches or associations to give $5,000 a year, and that will finance our ministry here at the ranch, not the church, but the ranch. And what they have at the ranch is is they have a, um, all summer long, they have a children's camp and they share the gospel outright. Throughout the year, they have some events for families, but they also have a dental clinic. They have a uh, medical clinic. Uh, sonargram, is that what you call it? All right, you know, not sonar. What, what do you call it? Sonogram. I'm thinking of submarine. <laughs> but uh, they... For, for ladies who are expecting to come in and get health care. There's, no, there's not hardly any health care. It's poverty. 
And he took us around, rolled us around, wounded knees up there. And uh, they don't trust uh, people like me and you. And uh, because of, of what they've, they've been taught through their generations. And it's hard going. But they, they get to the point where they earn the ear of the Lakota people. And at the church, he said, I said, well, what can we do at the church? He said, well, if you, when you bring your people to, to the Chunku Washti Ranch, you will not go to my church. He said, you'll worship here at the ranch. You will not go to the church. He says, because too many white people upsets it, gets it out of the flow. And he said, so the, the ministries, they kind of work together sometimes, but most of the time they're separate ministries. I said, well, I believe we can help both. So tell me what a typical week may look. He said, well, it depends. If you come in the summer, you're going to be working with these camps. He said, if you come in another time, you might be cleaning, cleaning an alcoholic's yard. So we, he will learn to trust us, and we can share the gospel with him. He said it all, and I made sure. I said, the end is the gospel, not the cleanup. And he said, yes. And so... That was just one Sunday. So the next Sunday, we we're going to be up there and vacationing and uh, carrying on. I said, well, let's find a place to go to church. So I looked up churches in Custer, South Dakota. And I came across a church plant, a North American missionary starting a church up there named Ryan McGee. Here's his picture. Ryan McGee is from Mississippi. And... Uh, he went up there to South Dakota to start a church from scratch called the Church at Custer. We, I called him, and through the technology, social media, got a hold of him, and we talked to each other, and he said, I hadn't even had my first Sunday here. He said, we, we, we're still building up to our opening day for our church. He said, but you can come, and there'll be another uh, group here from Meridian." But you and your wife can come. We want y'all to come. I said, well, good. I want to take you to lunch. I want to talk to you about your ministry and see how First Baptist Church Ocean Springs can help. And um, he uh, said, uh, absolutely. And we did. And uh, what's interesting, you know, God, isn't the providence of God wonderful? The, the church from Meridian that was up there, the pastor was there. And I met the pastor, and his wife died of COVID few years back, a couple years ago. And he's just remarried a, a, a lady. And so we're sitting down talking, and uh, she says, I, I don't know what I'm doing <laughs> being a pastor's wife. So already Tracy and her have met a couple of times for lunch, and so Tracy has somebody she's mentoring and talking to about being a pastor's wife who's just started. Can you imagine such a thing? No, you can't. You can't. You don't, you don't have a clue what the saxophonist has to deal with. <laughs> Amen. You don't have a clue. But uh, God's providence. Well, anyway, what he needs is he needs help with some backyard Bible clubs, some vacation Bible schools, some community outreach. And they're right there next to each other. That's going to be our partnership for the next three years. You happy with that? Yes. These two guys, amen. 
Now, you got to go. you got to be ready to go. And so we'll be working out the going and, of course, the giving. And, you know, as you give to, to our um, global missions and, and Ruth Carlisle and, and other things, this uh, helps us go. But another thing you've been hearing a lot about, and I'm going to call this today, the, you, you have your financial obligation, you have your, your uh, further obligation, but today I want to talk to you about your First Baptist Church Ocean Springs obligation. 2 Corinthians 5 says, Therefore, if any man be is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. Now all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, namely that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and he has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Therefore we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were entreating through us as, as God himself is speaking the gospel through us. We beg you, on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Proverbs 11.30, The fruit of the righteous is a tree of life, and he that wins souls is wise. That is our who's your mission. That's who's our mission. I started out with this message with the word obligation. I almost changed it. And then I didn't change it because the word obligation is offensive to the flesh these days. When somebody feels obligated to do something, they resist it and they have a bad attitude about it. But I want to tell you something. All of these things, these three points of our missiology, God has obligated us to do, Romans 1, 16. And so the key, the key is how to change your thinking from it being three obligations to three huge opportunities. You hear what I'm saying? Let's approach this as an opportunity. What or who... Or how does an obligation become an opportunity in your thinking and in your attitude? Very simple. The fullness of the Holy Spirit. Let me give you some Bible. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you, as a result of the Holy Ghost coming upon you, shall be witnesses unto me, in Jerusalem, Ocean Springs, and in South Dakota, and in Samaria, and under the uttermost part of the earth. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. I want to tell you, abiding in Christ is just the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Matthew 4, 19. Listen to this. We're going... Skip those verses, uh, Gary. Matthew 4, 19. And he says unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If you will follow Jesus, 
you will be involved in who's your mission. Because Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you a gracious southern gentleman. Follow me and I'll make you a giver to the cooperative program. Follow me and I'll make you a church member. No, follow me and I will make you a fisher of men. You follow Jesus, that's what happens. That's what happens. Now, folks, I want to tell you what I did last week. I had a, 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 a Mississippi Baptist Convention meeting on Tuesday way up in West Mississippi. Y'all know where that is? I wish you'd tell me. I still don't know where it is. And so I went on up there to the meeting. Then I drove over to Starkville. And I deer hunted the rest of the week. I thought I was going to deer hunt for the rest of the week. It turned hot, and the type of deer I was hunting just weren't going to move during when it's hot. I, I was hunting for the wall. I got enough in the freezer. I need something for the wall. Amen? Didn't get it because it turned hot. But on the way up there, my hunting buddy calls me, and he says, man, I, I, gotta, I need to ask you to do something for me. And he said, we had a suicide of a 14, 15-year-old boy in our school, Starkville Academy. And he said, it's in my son's class. And he says, it's just kind of been an awful thing. By the way, I hunted, I dove hunted with this young boy and his daddy some years ago fine, godly Christian people. The boy was a Christian young man. Don't think for a minute that there's not a demonic attack on our young people, even our Christian young people. But he said, it's an opportunity to preach the gospel. He said, the funeral is going to be on this day, and he said, the dad is going to do the eulogy. And the dad got up and preached the gospel. That's the kind of people they are. I know they're good people, godly people, strong people in the Lord. I don't know how he did it, but he did it. And he said, look, it's going to be about 80 degrees. The deer aren't going to move, and I know you're coming over here to hunt. But he said, how about Thursday if we have a fish fry for all the sophomore boys at the house and you preach to them the gospel. And, and then he said, and on Thursday, instead of going to another hunting place, which we were going to do, and by the way, I was going to be here today. Don't worry about that. I was going to be here today. Uh, you uh, stay over Thursday and uh, preach to some of the sixth grade boys I'll gather. And this preach the gospel to them and share Christ with them. And he said, it's going to be so hot you can come back and hunt or you can go home. I said, Miss Tracy's going to be missing me so much I'll go home. <laughs> come back next week. So I want to tell you, we did. I preached and then my buddy Allen got up and preached both times. We shared the gospel of Christ, seizing our opportunities to share the gospel of Christ. That's what who's your mission is asking you to do. Share Christ. Now, folks, listen. I said all that 
to tell you this. I struggled with what I'm about to do. I really did. I mean, I'm not, I know I use some humor, but there's nothing humorous about this. I really struggled about this. I've been struggling with this for about a month and a half. And, uh, because I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. And I don't want to get people off track. Usually when I'm, I mean, I laid in bed thinking about it. I've been praying about it. Usually when I'm sitting in a deer stand, when I do get to go hunt, I listen to preaching. And I listen to a lot of sermons because I need to be edified. And I read a lot of sermons. I, I read a lot of sermons not to know what to preach. I preach my own sermons. If I ever preach something else that from another ser uh, sermonizer, I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to get up and tell you where I got the points from. I I've done that before. I'm not a plagiarist. But I listen to be edified. And when I hear a sermon or read a sermon that convicts my heart, it, it, I, I know a little bit about how you feel when I'm preaching and it, it, it convicts my heart and I, I have to respond to it and I can walk away and ignore it and it goes away or I can get on my knees and say God I confess my sin and my disobedience and what that man brought when he brought forth the word of God is exactly right so forgive me and help me and strengthen me to be obedient to the Lord and to heed that message and so I heard a message a while back and a point came in that message that just hit me like a ton of bricks and, and broke my heart. When I hear something that blesses me, I like to share it with you. When I hear something that convicts me, I'm always hesitant to share it with you. And so from a pastor's heart, from one Christian brother to Christian brothers and sisters, what I'm about to show you convicted my heart and made me even more gung-ho and more zealous for who's your mission. So I want you to play it. Here's what this. Paul said to those in Thessalonica. 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 19. What is our hope or joy or crown of rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ at his coming? You know what Paul was saying? When Jesus comes... My crown is going to be those that I've led to him. Now, that's, that's a crown that doesn't corrupt. When you, when you die and go to heaven, are you going to take somebody with you? Or are you going to heaven alone? Must I go in empty-handed? Must I meet my Savior so without one soul with which to greet him? Must I empty-handed go? Now, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I want you to look up here at me. I'm not mad at you, but I'm concerned because most of the people in our church are not active soul winners. That's tragic. You say, but pastor, I give my money. I don't care how much money you give. If you're not endeavoring to bring souls to Christ, you're not right with God. You say, well, I teach. I don't care how eloquently you teach. If you're not trying to bring souls to Jesus, you're not right with God. You say, well, I attend faithfully. I don't care how much you attend. If you're not trying to bring souls to Jesus Christ, you're not right with God. Well, you say, I live a clean moral life. I don't care how circumspectly you walk. 
If you're not endeavoring to bring souls to Jesus Christ, you are not right with God. Andrew Murray said there are two classes of Christians, soul winners and backsliders. You're one or the other. If you don't have a passion to see people come to the Lord Jesus Christ, I wonder if you know the Jesus that I know. Now, we cannot win people every time we try because that's the work of the Holy Spirit and also they must, uh, they must yield their hearts to Jesus Christ and you cannot control what they do. But I am telling you, my dear brother, my dear sister, there is a crown. It's the soul winner's crown. I want to be standing at the feet of Jesus and this may sound syrupy or sentimental and it may not be just this way, but I'd like for somebody to take me by the hand and say, Adrian, let's go meet Jesus. I want to tell him you're the one that led me to him. If you're not passionate about winning souls, you're not right with God. I find no biblical reason to disagree with that. I know it's late. Let me tell you this. What do you need to do? What do you need to do? Well, in terms of your financial opportunity, let me, let me share with you something to do, give you a pastoral challenge today. I know times are hard. Fixed incomes are starting to break. Some have no income, less income. Everyone's affected by inflation. Sacrifice is another one of those words and concepts that make people run today. So I'm going to compromise a little bit, and I'm not going to use sacrifice. I'm going to give you something very practical, wherever you may be, and I want to tell you this. Quit. Stop. Stressing. And stop entertaining the guilt about not being able to give or to give more. Stop. And I will tell you this. Before you give one dime to First Baptist Church of Ocean Springs, you meet your obligations to the lost world financially. You pay your bills because that's your testimony. But you say, preacher, I want to give to missions. I want to give. I want to tithe. I want to... This is what I'm going to ask you to do. Now, I know I'm going to be criticized for that statement I just made. And that's okay. But don't come today. Think about it for a week. Put yourself in somebody else's shoes. And then come see me. But I want to tell you something. Why don't you do this? Why don't you start to pray daily and ask God to give you extra and give the extra. There's nothing wrong with that. Ask God to give you something over and beyond your obligations of this planet Earth, your bills, and give the extra to the Lord. Give it to missions. Give it to our global mission offering. Give it to the challenge budget. And ask God for extra. Tell him what you want to give. And see what God does. I think we miss out on so much 
that God wants to do great and glorious in our lives is because we don't ask Him. So ask Him. Make it a daily habit and ask Him. What about your further opportunity? Well, pray for these missionaries. Pray for the, the, the Sean Kuwashti Ranch and the Creators Fellowship Church and for the church at Custer and Ryan and his family. Pray for them. His daughter uh, is um, having some health issues with her heart and needs our prayers. But pray about giving and going. You say, preacher, there's absolutely no way I can go. Well, can you give? Well, preacher, I can give, but there's no way I can go. Well, why don't you ask God to give you some extra going strength when we go? You never know what God will do. I think we don't see what God can do because we don't ask. And then in terms of your first Baptist opportunity, what will you do? What will you do? I ask you this, and I've asked you a hundred times, and I will ask you a hundred more. Number one, will you rededicate yourself to the Lordship of Jesus Christ? Hear what Adrian Rogers said that convicted me and still does. And get right with the Lord and ask Him for that burden, passion, and witness and follow Him and He'll make you a fisher of men. Will you do such a thing? Will you pray for a burden for at least one soul you know who needs to be saved now? They need to be saved now because if they died now, they'd be in hell for eternity. And they need to be saved now. And you know them. And you can reach them and you can talk to them and you can get your church to help them. And will you make that person your mission? Who's your mission? That person. Will you put them on the list so we can be on mission together? We've made it easy for you today. When you walked in and sat down, there was a blue slip on the pew called Who's Your Mission? That's the forms. Right now, we have, a, I think, close to 30 missions already turned in. Got one more right there. I think that's one. And we made it easy for you. You don't have to go pick one up in the box or get one from back there. It's right there in your pew. Heed the Word of God, though, folks. Listen, you can take it home, throw it away. You can put it in your Bible, fold it up, use it for notes, let your kids color in the circles in it, do whatever you want to do. But I want to tell you something. We're giving you an opportunity to be obedient to the Lord with your church family, not off by yourself, with your church family. Put them on the list. And will you make this commitment formal on January 22nd, 2023? We will take every form now. We, we like to take them now. But we're going to have a formal commitment day, January 22nd. It's going to be marvelous. Got a special guest coming who's my, my old college roommate and was in evangelism for many years now. He's with the evangelism department of the Georgia Baptist Convention and He's going to preach to us on Sunday and Sunday evening. He's going to teach us a course called No Sweat Evangelism. And he's coming. And we're going to have a formal commitment day. As a matter of fact, we're going to have a special gift and an equipment, a toolbox for everyone who has a mission. If you don't have a mission, you don't get one. But if you've got a mission, we're going to give you a toolbox. 
And will you do it? Will you do it? Will you do it? Don't tell me why you're not going to do it. Go home, open your Bible, get in your prayer closet, get on your knees, and you tell God every reason you're not going to do it. Don't tell me. It's none of my business. Ideas for your mission. Real quick, and I know we're late, but folks, this is so important. Your neighbor. We had fellowship with one of our church members' home not too long ago. We walked outside, and she pointed to the house next door and said, that's my mission. That's the spirit. That's the spirit. Look around. Do you see a single woman here by herself? There's not a man sitting by her. Her husband may be at home lost. And you know this lady. Maybe she goes to your Sunday school class. That man could be your mission. You say, well, I think he's somebody else's mission. Let's double up on him. Let's put the football team on him. My goodness, let's put the army on them. Amen? I don't care how many people sign their name on them, how many people uh, we, we have. I want a hundred. I'm praying for a hundred different missions. And if ten of them are one person, go for it. Amen? Poor guy's not going to stand a chance. Better yet, the devil ain't going to stand a chance. What about your connections? What about your hobbies? You know, I, I uh, every now and then hunt with some guys who aren't saved. They, I'm going to put them down. Maybe you golf with some people. They're not saved. Maybe you need to invite some people into what you do. Ladies, you might go to the quilting class or the cooking class or the Zumba, Roomba, Moomba, whatever it is. There's somebody in there. There's somebody in there. Anybody can be your mission. You got grandkids that are of the age that need to be saved and they're not? They can be your mission. Your kids, your mom and daddy. Take the blue card. You don't have to fill it out today. Pray about it and bring it filled out when God gives you a burden for somebody. And folks, I want to tell you real quickly, and I know, I've, I know we've gone long, but listen, I have to do this today. I'm saying no to a lot of of commitments that people want me to make. I'm turning them down right and left. People want me to serve on this committee, that committee. I'm turning them down right and left, saying no, no more. No more designing, orchestrating new program for, no. Because I want to commit to you today. I will pray for your missions. I'll pray for them. And I will go anywhere, anytime, any place with you to share the gospel with your mission. I will. That's my commitment. I'm asking you for one. I'm having five put on the list, maybe more. I will pray for with you. If, you're, if you are a, a woman, I will have somebody join us because praying together is pretty intimate. and I, don't, I do that with my wife. But I will pray with you. 
individually for your mission. We're here for that. That's the way I'm leading First Baptist Church this year. Would you obey God and do the same and follow along? Let's do it together. Let's see them baptistry waters stirred for the glory of God and church growth, church growth. Let's do it for God's glory. Let's do it for God's glory. That's the invitation today. This is Cole Andrews. Thank you for tuning in to our sermon podcast. I just wanted to encourage you to visit our website, fbcosms.com.